turn our Bibles tonight to Galatians chapter 1. Galatians chapter 1. We want to read beginning at verse 6. I marvel that ye are so soon removed from Him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. But though we are an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed." As we said before, so say I now again. If any man preach any other gospel unto you than that ye have received, let him be accursed. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Our Father, we thank You for this portion of Your Word. And we pray that You would help us to, uh, as we study it together tonight, to see the importance of each word. We thank You for each one who has come this way. We thank You for the song that the choir sang. We pray that we might find that blessed place where we come to the place that we find that You are all that we need. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Tonight, we want to continue our studies here in the book of Galatians. And last week, we looked at um, what was Paul's, uh, what was behind Paul's words here in verse 6. I marvel that ye are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel. We, we focused in on those words, I marvel. I marvel. And we saw in chapter 4 and verse 19 something of what was behind these words, I marvel. And what was behind them was Paul's travail and labor over these, over these believers in the churches of Galatia. Travail and labor as a woman travails and labors. In giving birth, Paul did that. And his travail and labor was so that Christ would be formed in them. Till they had the same form as the Lord Jesus. Until what struck the vision of those who saw these Galatian believers was Christ. Because they've been conformed to His image. That's the labor and travail that Paul had given uh, in giving birth to these churches. This is the condition in which he left them. Uh, He left them confirmed. He left them established in the faith. He left them with elders who were men he had taught and men who could teach. 
And this is why his first words to these people in chapter 1 and verse 6 are, I marvel. In spite of all of this, in spite of all of the, the labor and travail, he marveled that they were so soon removed from him that called them into the grace of Christ unto another gospel. This is the battle of the Christian life. Our own deceitful heart working within and the serpent beguiling from without to corrupt our minds and remove us from Him that called us into the grace of Christ to remove us from the simplicity that is in Christ. I marvel, Paul says, that ye are so soon removed from Him that called you into the grace of Christ. Now notice these next words. Unto another gospel. And then Paul immediately adds, which is not another. Which is not another. It's easy to read those words and give assent to them and then move on in our reading. But we shouldn't do that. These words, which is not another, are critical words. Especially in a day when people are offended by absolutes. People don't like people who believe in absolute truth. Who believe in black and white. Who believe in right and wrong. What people are interested in is some sort of area in between, sort of a gray area. So now more than ever, we have to stand for the truth that there is not another gospel. That's what we want to think about tonight, these words, which is not another. Look back at John chapter 14, if you will. We're going to look at a number of scriptures tonight. Look at John chapter 14 and verse 6. The Lord Jesus says here, I am the way, the truth, and the life. One of the reasons that it is so important to learn about the English language is so we can read and understand the Bible. Notice that the Lord Jesus uses the definite article, the. He doesn't use the indefinite article, a. The Lord Jesus didn't say, I am a way. Because there is a way that seemeth right unto a man. Everybody has an opinion about a way. The Lord Jesus didn't say, I am a way. He didn't say, I am a truth. I am a life. He didn't use the indefinite article A because He is not one among many. He is the one and only. He is the way, the truth, and the life. 
to the exclusion of all others. Look back at Isaiah chapter 43. Isaiah chapter 43. There's several verses right here together that we want to look at. Isaiah chapter 43. And look at verse 11. God says, I, even I am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. Beside me there is no Savior. Look at chapter 44 and verse 6. Thus saith the Lord, the King of Israel, and His Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, I am the first and I am the last, And beside me there is no God. Look at chapter 45 and verse 5. I am the Lord, and there is none else. There is no God beside me. I girded thee, though thou hast not known me, that they may know from the rising of the sun and from the west that there is none beside me. I am the Lord and there is none else. And then look at the book of Hosea. Right after the book of Daniel, Ezekiel and Daniel and Hosea. Hosea chapter 13. And verse 4, Yet I am the Lord thy God from the land of Egypt, and thou shalt know no God but me, for there is no Savior beside me. And so it's no surprise, we read these verses here in the Old Testament, It's no surprise then when Jesus, who is God manifest in the flesh, Jesus, the existing one, Jesus, Jehovah of the Old Testament, comes into the world and says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. There is not another Savior. There is not another Gospel. Look back at Genesis chapter 3, if you will. Genesis chapter 3. And we want to read a verse that we've read many, many times. But I find myself drawn to it over and over and over again. Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15 where God says, And I will put enmity between thee and the woman and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel. There is the plan of God. In this verse, as we were talking this morning about the old time gospel, 
Here in this verse, we have the seed of the woman. That's a message about the virgin birth. The Lord Jesus was not the seed of a man. He was the seed of the woman, conceived by the Holy Ghost. The blood that flowed in His veins was the blood of God. And that blood would be shed on the cross. And we see the cross here. We see it in the bruised heel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Death by crucifixion would result in a bruised heel as the one being crucified would be trying to push themselves up to take the pressure off their diaphragm so they could get a breath. These words in Genesis 3.15, Thou shalt bruise his heel, are the reason that Isaiah would write. In Isaiah 53 and verse 5, He was bruised. He was bruised for our iniquities. In the bruised heel of the Lord Jesus, we were talking about these things this morning, we see His resurrection. A bruised heel is not a permanent wound. It is a passing wound. And that's the way the Lord's death was. On the third day, He rose again. In Acts chapter 2 and verse 24, Peter said of the Lord Jesus, whom God hath raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be holden of it. There's the bruised heel. There's the message of the bruised heel of the Lord Jesus. It was not possible that he should be holden of the pains of death. His bruised heel was a um, not a permanent wound. Three days later, he rose from the dead. But there on the cross, the Lord Jesus bruised the head of the serpent. This bruised head of the serpent was a death blow to Him. And we read about that death blow in Hebrews chapter 2, verses 14 and 15. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, He also Himself likewise took part of the same. There's the seed of the woman. When the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth His Son made of a woman. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, He also Himself likewise took part of the same. That through death, there's the bruised heel, that through death He might destroy him that had the power of death. That is the devil. There's the bruising of the head of the serpent that we're reading about here. This is the message of the gospel. And there is not another. There is not another. Look over a page to Genesis um, chapter 3. Well, you may not have to... Look over a page. It might be on the same page in your Bible. But look at Genesis chapter 3 and verse 21. Unto Adam also and to his wife did the Lord God make coats of skins 
and clothe them. Here is the Lord God preaching the old time gospel message to Adam and Eve. Demonstrating before their eyes the Lamb slain before the foundation of the world. Demonstrating the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Demonstrating and teaching about the time when God will provide Himself a Lamb for a burnt offering. The Lamb of God, the Lord Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary. Where He would shed His blood that we might be clothed in His righteousness. So here is the gospel message. And there is not another. It's the gospel message that was preached in Egypt. If you look over at Exodus chapter 12. Exodus chapter 12. Exodus chapter 12 and look at verse 5. These are the Lord's instructions to Moses and to the people of Israel concerning the Lamb. Your Lamb shall be without blemish. The Lord Jesus, the Lamb of God, was without blemish blemish, without spot. A male of the first year, you shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats, and you shall keep it up until the fourteenth day of the same month, and the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. And they shall take of the blood and strike it on the two side posts and on the upper door post of the houses wherein they shall eat it. Look at verse 13. And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where ye are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. The only way out of the bondage and slavery of Egypt was through the blood of the Lamb. The only way out of the bondage and slavery of sin is through the blood of the Lamb of God. That is the gospel. And there is not another. Turn over to Acts chapter 4. Now, there are many other verses that we can look at tonight. We would be here a long, long time. But these are just a few that illustrate this point about the gospel. There's one gospel 
There is not another. Look at Acts chapter 4 and verse 11. This is the stone. That word has, has really been on my mind. The. This is the stone. That's our definite article again. You know, sometimes you hear kids say, well, why do I have to learn this? What good is it going to do me somewhere down the road? Do you a lot of good when you read the Bible. This is the stone. There's this definite article again. Here is the one, the singular, the only stone. This is the stone which, the, which was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other. Remember the verses that we read just a few minutes ago from Isaiah and Hosea. Beside me, there is no Savior. For there is no Savior beside me. Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name. There's none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Acts 16.31 Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. That is the only name under heaven given among men that can save our souls. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. That is the gospel. And there is not another. Look over at 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Verse 1, Paul says, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel. There's this definite article. The gospel. Again, identifying the one, the singular, the only gospel, the only good news in all the world. And what is the gospel? Well, look at verse 3. Paul says, For I delivered unto you first of all. First of all. First. That's the number one. The number one. And John Phillips points out in his Bible Explorer's Guide, that's a little book, I don't know uh, if you have it. Um, I don't know if they've got them at the bookstore. Maybe they do or they can get them. But it is an excellent little book. Bible Explorer's Guide. I guess I've had one probably for 30 years or more. And there's a, a just a, a treasure trove of information in there as you explore the Bible. But he points out one is a cardinal number. It's not made up of any other number. 
It's the source of all numbers. It is the number of singular importance. And so the number one symbolizes God. The first and only great cause. He's independent of all and He's the source of all. He occupies the singular place of preeminence. This is why God told His people in Deuteronomy 6.4, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. You see, those words completely remove the possibility that there could be any other God. The Lord our God is one Lord. And I believe that's why Paul says here in verse 3, For I delivered unto you first of all, those words completely remove the possibility that there could be any other gospel than the gospel that he is fixing to tell us about. This is the first message. For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that He was buried, and that He rose again the third day, according to the Scriptures. That is the Gospel. And there is not another. There is not another. Turn over to Revelation chapter 5. Revelation chapter 5. Now, We've taken a very quick trip here from Genesis to Exodus to Isaiah to Hosea to the book of Acts to the book of 1 Corinthians. And now here we are in the book of Revelation. So we've taken a very quick trip But in every stop on the trip, the message is the same, isn't it? Revelation chapter 5. The setting here is in heaven. And it's after the rapture. It's after the rapture. As we come down to the end of chapter 3, the last church there is the last church of this church age, the church of the Laodiceans. And so as we come down to the end of chapter 3, we come to the end of this church age, and the very next thing that we read in chapter 4 and verse 1 is this. John says, After this I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven, And the first voice which I heard was as it were of a trumpet talking with me, which said, Come up hither, and I will show thee things which must be hereafter. This verse, Revelation 4.1, comes exactly where we would think it would come. It's a description of the rapture. It's the voice that John heard was as it were of a trumpet. This is what Paul wrote about 
In 1 Corinthians 15, if you hold your place here, and uh, I know we left 1 Corinthians 15, but look, look back there at that chapter, chapter 15, and look at verse 51. 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 51. Paul says, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, notice these next words, at the last trump, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Now this is exactly what Paul wrote about in, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. If you'll look over there, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. And notice... Verse 16. For the Lord Himself shall descend from heaven. He's going to descend from heaven through this door that John saw uh, there in uh, Revelation 4 and verse 1. He's going to descend through this door that John saw opened in heaven. For the Lord Himself shall descend from heaven with a shout with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be called up together with them to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. This is the rapture that John is describing if you go back to, to Revelation chapter 4 and verse 1. And immediately, the scene shifts to heaven. Because that's where we'll be. Judgment is about to be poured out upon the earth. We start reading about it in chapter 6 of Revelation. But God's people will not be here. I don't see how that the Lord could have made that any plainer. We're going to be with the Lord. God has not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. He hasn't appointed us to wrath. If you look back at the judgment of the flood, you have Enoch who speaks to us of those who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord. And you have Methuselah who speaks to us of the dead in Christ. Both are out of this world before the judgment comes. Noah goes through the judgment of the flood, a picture of the, the nation of Israel. And so this is the rapture that John is talking We're not going to be here. We'll be with the Lord. Now notice chapter 5, because these are the events that are taking place in heaven where we are. And the events here in chapter 5 center around 
this book that was sealed with seven seals. We see that in verse 1. And I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne a book written within, and on the back side sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the book and to loose the seals thereof? And no man in heaven nor in earth, neither under the earth, was able to open the book, neither to look thereon. And I wept much, because no man was found worthy to open and to read the book, neither to look thereon. Now look at verse 5. And one of the elders saith unto me, Weep not. Behold the line of the tribe of Judah. The root of David hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne of the four beasts and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as it had been slain. Here's the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. Here's the lamb slain from the from the foundation of the world. And notice that this lamb still bears the scars of his death. He still bears the scars of his death on the cross of Calvary, the print of the nails in his hands. Remember Thomas The Lord Jesus told him, He said, take your finger and put it into the print of the nail. Put it in my hands. And then take your hand and thrust it into my side. So here's the Lamb who still bears the scars of Calvary. The print of the nails in His hand. The place where the spear pierced His side. The Lord Jesus still bears the marks of the Gospel. Doesn't He? The marks that we read about in Genesis 3.15. The marks that we read about in Genesis 3.21 and Exodus 12 and 1 Corinthians 15. He still bears the marks of the Gospel that He died for our sins according to the Scriptures and that He was buried and that He rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. And there's not another. There's not another. Now look at verse 9. And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for Thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by Thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. So here's this new song sung by a choir. And as we see in verse 11, it is a choir that is made up of 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands. There has never been a choir like that. And I don't really know how to get hold of this and explain... What to say about this new song? But here's what I can tell you about this new song. 
It's a new song with an old message. It's a new song with a message that has never changed. It might kind of sound like the song that the choir sings. And I love it every time they sing it. It's still the cross. It's still the blood. Look there in verse 9. And they sung a new song saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof. Why? For thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood. Here we are. Here we are in heaven. And what are we hearing? We're still hearing the gospel. And there's not another. And we'll be singing about that gospel through all the ages of eternity. That's why in Revelation 14.6 it's called the everlasting gospel. And this is why Paul said in Galatians 1.6 I marvel that you are so soon removed from Him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel which is not another. Which is not another because there's only one. There's only one. The question is, have you believed it? That's the question. Have you believed it? And if we have believed it, we need to stand for it unapologetically. That this is the gospel. There is not another. There is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. The Lord Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by Him. That is the gospel, and there is not another. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank You for these verses that we've had the opportunity to look at tonight. Verses that we know so well, but verses that are always a blessing to consider. We thank You as we read about this new song. It's a new song, but it has an old message. It's a new song, but it still has the same wonderful words. The Lamb of God was slain and shed His blood that we might have life. And we praise You for that. And we pray that we would never, ever back away from preaching that message as the only way of salvation. It's the message that this world needs to hear. And we pray that we would be faithful to give it out wherever we are. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.